Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. Running late this morning, running late, I know, I'm sorry. But that's the beauty of, you know, not doing radio in the mornings. I can kind of just dictate my own time here. Uh, but sorry about that. Sorry for the delay. Glad to, to see you guys nonetheless. Thank you for waiting. I decided to stay up late last night and watch the Falcons lose again. Because that is really the only thing they're good at. They play hard as hell, and they do not know how to win. It's a frustrating, frustrating product right now. But, like, the first three quarters are really exciting. If they would end games after three, they'd be really good. But, you know, didn't really work like that. Anyway, so dragging a little bit today. Dragging a little bit. This is the last time I will be with you until Saturday night. Not going to do a show tomorrow. Uh, I've got a lot going on. As James Franklin said, a lot of moving parts, you know. Uh, that's a lot going on. So this is the last show uh, until Saturday night when we do our recap. So we're moving the two questions thing up a day. We're going to do, I've got two stories for you first, actually. Going to start with a couple of stories you guys have probably seen. And um, they actually make me mad. Like, I I don't do the faux outrage thing with you guys. If a story actually bothers me, I, I tell you. If it doesn't, I also... I also tell you, uh, two things happened in college sports yesterday. Uh, and you've probably seen it. They're, they're going viral, if you will. Uh, that just kind of underscore why we need a structural change in college sports. This, These two stories right here are anger-inducing to me because the people getting punished are the kids that have nothing to do with any of it. So we'll, we'll go through that quickly and then get into two questions uh, two keys for the game, what Mississippi State can and cannot do if they want to beat Arkansas, and same thing goes for Old Miss, what they can and cannot do to beat Liberty and picks. I've got uh, four games for you that I'll be picking this week. Ohio State really screwed me over last week, but we'll uh, we'll pick them again as a big uh, as a big road favorite. But anyway, my name is Michael Borky. Glad to see you guys. And if you're on Twitter, you cannot comment or be a part. I would love for you to to come in and be a part, especially on Saturday nights where that's uh, that's the most fun and, and we definitely get the most comments and engagement and whatnot. Definitely comes on Saturdays. You don't want to miss that. So find me on YouTube, Michael Borky. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Find me there uh, and actually like the video. If you like what you hear, that would help me a ton. And uh, do leave a comment. Comments help me also. Uh, I've tried to do algorithm research and stuff. I know I'm a very, very tiny, tiny uh, Facebook or excuse me, uh, YouTube streamer, also on Facebook. Very small, very small. My radio audience is much bigger than this, but um, the algorithm says likes and comments are really what get me seen by people. So do that if you don't mind, if you like me, which few of you do. But anyway, (laughs) glad to see you. All right, these two stories. One of them yesterday afternoon went pretty wild, and uh, both of these did. But in particular, yesterday, you had two cases, one involving the NCAA and one involving a conference's leadership. 
who are supposed to be in it for the kids, screwing them over the most. Yesterday, we got the news that Oklahoma State uh, will be suffering a postseason ban in basketball this year. Their appeal was denied, and they found out yesterday, yes, the week their season begins. And their coach, shout out to him, Mike uh, Boynton, I would play it for you. I mean, I guess I could on my phone if you guys were really interested, but you you can find the audio. Uh, He spoke candidly about the NCAA yesterday. This is a violation that occurred in 2016, five years ago. 2016 is when this violation occurred from somebody that is not on his staff. Uh, It was not a recruiting inducement even. It was a coach that they fired immediately upon the discovery of his violation, it involves nobody currently in the program. Nobody, not a single person currently in the program. Regardless of what Pat Forty writes about this argument not holding up, I don't I don't carry the water for the NCAA, and yes, I, I don't get scoops like the big one about Will Wade getting interviewed yesterday. I, I don't get that. So, you know, sorry, Pat, I, I don't buy what you wrote yesterday. But um, he was candid. He said, He had to fly to Atlanta to talk to the NCAA a day before one of his games against Oklahoma, by the way, you know, his biggest rival. And he also had to talk to the NCAA the day of the game against Kansas during this process. And although this violation occurred five years ago, not even that bad when you look at the scope of things that are done in NCAA circles, it's really what Oklahoma State did is very, very, very low on the on the totem pole and put Oklahoma State through the ringer. They uh, cooperated right away because, in their mind, it was, this isn't that bad. I mean, it's really nothing. We fired the guy. He's out of the program. Uh, No players involved here. Uh, So, yeah, let's cooperate with them, and, and, and we'll get this process over with. The violation occurred in 2016. Remember, 2016, five years ago, and Oklahoma State decided to cooperate, and their coach today said, never, if they come calling, do not trust them, do not cooperate with them. He is in tears because his players, his team, who are about to start their season, just found out you're playing for nothing. There is no postseason available for you because of something that you did not do. Something that is not that I didn't do, that my staff didn't do, that you didn't do. And it took this long, and they get the decision on game week when their season begins that you cannot play in the postseason. Now, we've talked about the NCAA a lot, at least on radio, not as much here because you know this is still relatively new with you guys. But we've talked about it some, and I mean, you guys know how I feel about it. But it's stuff like this that makes me wonder how the hell can – Athletic directors, university presidents, see how this plays out and think, you know, this is the most appropriate way. We're cool with it being governed like this. There's a group of college kids that have four or five years of eligibility if they take a red shirt. That's it. And Oklahoma State's not a basketball factory. Hell, Kentucky doesn't have every player go play in the NBA. Kentucky. Not not everybody on that roster plays at the next level. For the vast majority of college basketball players, this is all they've got. This is it. They have these four years, and then life begins. And in these four years, they got one 
stolen from them. Their chance to play in the postseason was stolen from them because something that happened five years ago that involved nobody in the program. What is just about that? There is no justice. That is not just. That is not right. It is, forgive my language, everybody, earmuffs. It's bullshit. That happening to them is complete and utter BS. And yet, the issue here, guys, is not the NCAA. They're allowed to do this by university presidents and administrators all over the country. They sit back and look at this and think, yeah, this is fine. This is fine. But shout out to Oklahoma State's coach for deciding, you know what? Screw this. Never cooperate with those people. Don't trust those people. Because I've got a locker room full of kids that are devastated right now that they've worked their tails off all offseason to get ready for this year, a team that would make the certainly can make the NCAA tournament and play in March Madness, which is every young basketball player's dream is Mar- March Madness. And that was stolen from them because of an antiquated process filled with empty suits and a process in an organization that is filled with corruption, selective enforcement, and a violation that occurred five years ago involving nobody here. And yet the kids who were not involved get punished the most. And yet we sit back. We, I don't, but university administrators, presidents sit back and, you know, this is fine. Now, the, the commissioner of the Big 12 should be out here enraged today. That, that's what should be happening. He should be standing up for his school enraged about this. But they're complicit. This is what it, uh, this is how it goes. The other story for you, this is not NCAA related, but James Madison. You guys know by now that James Madison is exploring moving up to the uh, FBS level and joining the Sun Belt. Be a great thing for for James Madison. Uh, Bear football stadium is pretty cool looking, by the way, if you haven't seen it. They've been really successful uh, as an athletic department. They, they've done a really good job uh, making a lot of money. Budget's really good. They're considering making the jump to the Sun Belt. And the CAA, their current conference, has decided to ban James Madison and all of its athletes from competing in their championships until they leave the conference. And you guys know this, it could just be a year, it could be two years, it could be three. These things don't necessarily happen right away. The conference is punishing student, student athletes, kids, 18 to 21 year olds who have, in some cases, spent their year working out, working hard, staying academically eligible, so they have to do classroom work as well, and they have been banned from competing in their conference championship by a room full of adults, alleged adults, because something completely out of their control is happening. This doesn't punish James Madison. This doesn't inspire them to stay in the CAA. This just makes them want to leave faster. But in the in the meantime, what you've done changes nothing. And it only punishes people who had nothing to do with the move. You think the tennis team at James Madison had anything to do with this, but yet you ban them from competing for a championship because the people that control and handle college athletics are largely petulant children. That is what's going on here. Petulant children. 
I mean, it takes such a weak mentality, a weak person or people. Sounds like it's a room full of them. But you have to be incredibly mentally weak and insecure as a person to have one of your members considering moving up a level and deciding to punish a bunch of kids who had nothing to do with it. That is what weak people do. The Southern Conference didn't do it to Appalachian State and Georgia Southern. They didn't have weak leadership at the time. This is pathetic. I mean, I I could not imagine. How do you sleep at night? You know, I I don't mean to be so strong this morning. Forgive me. I kind of feel like I'm that that kind of statements like a a Max Kellerman kind of thing. But but how, how do you live with yourself when you've decided, you know what? Those guys are leaving my conference. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to punish those kids who had nothing to do with it. Ha ha. Gotcha. That's what losers do. That's a loser mentality. That's what losers do. So the NCAA and and Oklahoma State's coach, by the way, said uh, he wants the enforcement staff. And they won't because they are also incredibly weak people um, to tell his team to their face exactly why they can't play in March Madness this year. I would love to see that conversation. Could you, I mean, the thing that that I do sometimes, say it out loud. When you've got a situation, say it out loud. And then react to it. Um, Hey guys, I'm John Smith with the NCAA. And I've decided to ban you guys from playing in the NCAA tournament this year and your conference championship this year. Because five years ago, a coach you've never met who was fired five years ago, six years ago, or four years ago, a coach you've never met did something that was against our rules. Now, it didn't help the program at all. They immediately fired him and have been cooperating with us ever since. You don't know this coach. You've never met him. None of you were on the team at the time. Most of you guys were 13, you know, barely in high school when this happened. But because that happened five years ago, you don't get to play in March Madness this year. What kind of system is this? They won't happen. That won't happen. But I love Oklahoma State's coach. I I respect him so much for, for what he said because it's about time somebody in a position of power comes out and says it this way and not some drafted letter from an attorney. But I mean, the guy's got tears in his eyes because his team just got their chance. Their, their goal taken from them by a room full of suits who have who have a complex. And the thing is, I was asked yesterday, the Oklahoma State thing is a bad sign for LSU, right? And I said, it should be, but it's not. Because you know how this goes. North Carolina gives fake classes off. All good. They they skirt it, man. They All good. They avoid it somehow. But this, kids get their their goals and dreams taken away from them for this year for that. It's a joke. But anyway. Patrick says if Kermit doesn't make the tournament and Bianco doesn't make it to Omaha, how bad will or how bad does that make Keith Carter look after giving extensions? 
I will say this. I understand, especially the Bianco thing, I would have stopped it. His contract and the way it's written like made that happen automatically. It's not like Keith Carter decided, you know, hey, contract extension, Mike, thank you. It, it didn't – it happened automatically. Uh, I, un- I would have stopped it if I were Keith. I think interviewing for the LSU job publicly, not getting the LSU job, and then, you know, he did an interview with Parham recently where, where – he tried to spin it as if he turned it down. No, no, he did not. I mean, come on. Nobody's going to buy that. Uh, that happened automatically. But those are both paper extensions. Th- that's all those are. I promise. Um, and when it comes to Kermit, Bianco and, and Kermit are different. When it comes to Kermit, remember at the end of Andy Kennedy's tenure, where they didn't roll over the contract and that really hamstrung them in recruiting and and there was the whole deal with the slideshow and all that. At the time, it it bothered me. You want this guy to win, yet you are making it harder, more difficult. You're giving other programs uh, ammo to recruit against him. Do it in paper only like I assume this one is. Don't increase the buyout, but do extend the contract to give your opponents less ammo against you. Don't hamstring your program by doing something like that. So I'm uh, applying the same principle then that I am now. It's really in paper only. It's for optics more than it is for for actual money. If Ole Miss baseball does not make a deep postseason run that ends in Omaha, Nebraska, I, I believe that Keith Carter is still going to move on. I do. Extension, no extension. I don't think that's going to be a factor at all in how next year is handled. Um, I wouldn't have given it because publicly interviewed for a in-division rival and didn't get it. Although, like I told you guys then, they wanted him to get it. But... It's in paper only. I, I wouldn't stress too much over those contracts. It, it, it's just paper contracts. It, it is not anything more than that. It, it is for optics, for, for Kermit. It didn't happen with Andy Kennedy, and I, and I thought that was a bad look, and it really started souring uh, everything. So you don't have to do that here. It, it's just in paper only. I wouldn't worry about it. Sid says, could the NCAA be the largest organized crime group in the nation? Yeah, I agree with that, although they're not really that organized. It's full of corruption and inconsistency, but that's just it. They're wildly inconsistent and selectively enforcing their rules since their inception. Brown Yeti says, hey, so I thought yesterday the Borky breakfast or breakfast with Borky or breakfast at Borky. (laughs) That's not bad. I need something to eat, though. You know, I can't just be. I mean, I guess I could. With any of those, you could call the night show the Waffle House. The South Sold Reliable Night or after a night after drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that. See if uh, Waffle House will pay me, put the branding up and stuff, too. Yeah, and that's the thing, Patrick. But LSU can do what they did. I mean, Oklahoma State's missing the postseason this year. For something that happened in 2016 where, again, it wasn't like recruiting violations or anything. It was something an assistant coach was doing. They fired him right away, cooperated with the NCAA fully, 
five years later get a postseason ban, yet Will Wade is still out here signing five stars. I mean, come on. The variance in your streaming start time is wild. I know. I, I mean, man, I do this on my own. I uh, This is not part of my job duties. I've, I've got enough of those already. This is something that I do for fun that I do not get paid for. So I am going to be a little, at times, inconsistent. I do have a you know, two-year-old running around the house and stuff. But I, I try my hardest to be as consistent as possible. But, you know, it. some days are just going to change, uh, you know, and until this is something that that makes me money, it's not necessarily going to be my priority in the morning. You know, and like tomorrow, I'm, I'm not doing one because, you know, it's not like I lose money if I don't or, or that I'm getting paid to do it. I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm not at all. Carson says, what chances do you give Freeze to come into Oxford and get a win? Uh, 20%. I think it's low. We'll get to that actually right now. Thanks, William. I appreciate you. You are doing great. Thank you. Um, we'll get to those right now. Two questions on a Friday. Spent 20 minutes talking about the NCAA because these people, the leaders at the CAA and the leaders at the NCAA, are supposed to be in it for the kids. And yet in both situations yesterday, the kids who had nothing, that did nothing wrong, who have done nothing wrong, who are not involved in any of this, get punished the most. And it's pathetic. It's weak. It's what small people do. And that's who runs college athletics. Very small people. Very small people. Mentally, anyway. But two questions time. Mississippi State and Ole Miss absolutely must do what if they want to win the game on Saturday? And they absolutely cannot do what if they want to win the game on Saturday? Mississippi State absolutely must maintain balance on offense. Now, I'm not going to say it's not yards balance. That's not what I'm talking about. And Mike Leach in the past has actually talked about balance. He said, what's the difference between 500 passing yards and 250 passing yards and 250 rushing yards? it's still 500 yards. He's always talked about balance being kind of a fallacy. And I do agree with him. If you're a great passing team, throw the football. If you're a great running team, run the football. You know, Forget balance. But in this case, I think Mississippi State must maintain the, the threat of it, just like they did against Kentucky. Arkansas has to believe, has to believe that Mississippi State's going to run the football because this Arkansas defense, Barry Odom's defense, is built to stop this exact offense. That is what Barry Odom built this defense to do is to stop offenses like this one. That's what it's built for. This 3-2-5 that they're going to give is built perfectly for the air raid, but that's if they're throwing 60 times and running 10. If Mississippi State can just show a threat of running the football that, hey, we'll do it, and when we do it, it'll work, get Arkansas to either get out of those looks or play more downfield or downhill, I mean, and opening up some things vertically down the field, just like last week. State has got to continue running the football, just showing that you're willing to do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be seven yards per carry. It doesn't have to be for 200 yards. Just show Arkansas, just like you did Kentucky. Hey, we'll do it. We'll run. We'll run on, on a five-man box. Yeah, we're going to run. Absolutely. We're going to run right off of our first-round pick left tackle. That's what we're going to do. Force Arkansas out of that, at least the 3-2-6 where they're only bringing three and dropping everybody back in coverage. Uh, that's what this defense is built for. 
if you run them out of it, though, that's a big key. So State's got to do exactly what they did last week. Show Arkansas that you're willing to run the football. Maintain the illusion of balance. You're a passing team. That's what you're better at. This, you're, that's what the air raid is. Will Rogers is playing much better lately. That's what you are, and that's how you're going to score. But show Arkansas we will run the football. If you give us a five-man box, we're going to run you right out of that. That's a big key for Mississippi State. What, absolutely, what Mississippi State absolutely cannot do is forget about K.J. Jefferson running the football. Alabama aside, so, so push Alabama aside, Arkansas is the most balanced offense, effectively balanced offense that they're going to see. And here's what I mean by that, or what that they've seen this year. And here's what I mean by that. Arkansas can run the football, can throw the football. They have good wide receivers, good running backs, good offensive line. They are, they are good at all of those things. Collectively, it's the best, most balanced offense that they have seen so far this year. Uh, I think KJ Jefferson is a better passer and they have better wide receivers even not tight end notwithstanding, than Texas A&M. But Texas A&M runs the football a little bit better. So, you know, you can break down each opponent and, and do, well, you know, this team is better at this than Arkansas. Yes. But Arkansas is more complete in their ability to beat a defense than any team that State has played so far this year. But you know that State's got a secondary that can limit even an offense as talented as Arkansas, at least the receiver position, State's really, really good in the secondary. They're also really good at stopping the run, as we saw last week again. Kentucky, 3.3 yards per carry against Mississippi State's front. What they cannot do, though, is forget that K.J. Jefferson is an effective runner. It's a really effective runner. Um, he can beat you. And so, you know, you can lock up, you know, Burks and, and company, and have nobody open and rush the passer well. But if you give him space, he will take it and he will be effective. He's a good runner, especially at his size. He's big and physical. State cannot forget about him. I think if Arkansas runs, State is equipped to be able to stop it. I think if Arkansas tries to throw, they are equipped to be able to stop it. But an X factor in this game, and it's very similar to what I'm going to say about uh, Ole Miss and, and Malik Willis, you can't forget about him running the football because he can beat you uh, doing just that. So it's a big opportunity for Mississippi State this weekend. It's a big game. Uh, you know, five-point underdog. It's a big game for Sam Pittman. They've had uh, effectively two weeks off. They had a bye week and played uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. So they should be healthy for this one. It's a big game. And we're going to find out if um, if Mississippi State is, if this is who they are or just who they can be, like I said yesterday. Who has a better defense, Kentucky or Arkansas? Because I'm not sure. Uh, Kentucky. Ken- Kentucky does, I believe. Kentucky does. Um, I think so. I, I think so. Um, but here's the thing. I, I mean, every we had people listening to the radio show yesterday that pointed to, well, Arkansas gave up 52 points to Ole Miss. That was with a healthy Matt Corral with healthy wide receivers. Yeah, You know, I mean... It, when, when Ole Miss is that healthy, they can score like that on anybody in the country. That's not the game that I would use as like, a, well, Arkansas sucks because Matt Corral, who was healthy at the time, and Braylon Sanders, who was healthy at the time, and Ontario Drummond, who was healthy at the time, lit up Arkansas. Because that combination, when they're all healthy, is as good as anybody in the nation. 
they just haven't scored lately because Dontario Drummond's been the only receiver that's played, and and he's what fifty percent, and he's still playing. And Corral's got two bum legs now. That Ole Miss team that day was that was their fully healthy offense. So that's not the best comparison. I still I think the answer is Kentucky. I think, but it's a different challenge going on the road as well to a very rested Arkansas team, and apparently they needed it. So. Sebastian, all, all you have to do, by the way, if uh, if you're if you're sad that you're, you're missing any of this, uh, after you've subscribed, there's that little bell. It's a notification bell, so click on that, and then it will alert you when I go live. So, if I'm late one day or something like that, that's all you got to do. It's just it's click the little bell, and it will tell you when I go live. That's uh, a pretty cool little feature there. Paul is asking, was the Liberty game scheduled after Hugh Freeze was gone from Ole Miss? No, it was scheduled before. So, no, th- th- this game did not happen after Freeze left. It, it, these these are scheduled way, way, way out in advance. Um, I wish people would stop scheduling Liberty. Uh, especially after an article that I read, that I'm sure a lot of you read. Institutionally, I, I think that SEC teams should stop writing them $2 million checks to come play a game at their place. They've got enough money as it is, and that's not a place that you need to be writing checks for. Find Play VMI, not Liberty. But anyway, that's, that's something that not everybody agrees with, and so I'll just leave it at that. Williams says, how about Ole Miss just gives Matt off Saturday, run wishbone with Snoop at fullback and Parrish at one halfback and nine at the other, and Plumley at quarterback. Um, it sounds like Corral's going to play, although I think that would work, honestly. Uh, it sounds like Corral's going to play. I know he's really, really banged up. Lane Kiffin said yesterday that nine of their preseason starting 11 for Ole Miss's offense would not play the game if the game was played on Wednesday. I tried to get to nine on my own. So I, I'm assuming Corral is not really a full participant in practice. But so Corral, the three receivers, and we'll see if any of them play this week. It might be a week to give them off. But you've got four. You've got your starting tight end uh, who's out for the season. But Casey Kelly's done a nice job either way. So there's five. Ben Brown's out for the season. There's six. Caleb Warren, I assume, is not practicing this week. There's seven. Maybe there's another offensive lineman mixed in there that's not practicing right now, um, but I don't know for sure. So there's seven that I can just name off the top, just right there, seven starters on offense that aren't practicing this week. Kiffin said there's nine, so there's two more that are not participating. I assume a lot. Some of those guys are going to play, like Matt Corral. I assume Caleb Warren's going to play. Um you know, maybe they're they're giving Ely some time. I don't know, but that's the situation they're in right now. It's brutal uh, what they're dealing with injury wise right now. It is brutal. But Ole Miss absolutely must. This is a really simple one, guys. I mean, if you've listened to me at all this week, you know that I'm not a, a, the biggest believer in Liberty's chances in this game. If Ole Miss just shows up and executes and plays. They can't sleepwalk here. You know, they can't play a C game or whatever. But if Ole Miss is sharp, even without Drummond and Mingo and Sanders, if they're just sharp and they execute and they're focused, they're going to win this football game. This is not the Liberty team last year that 
played a bunch of Power 5 teams close. This is a Liberty team that, while good and well-coached, because Hugh Freeze is a good football coach, they don't have the horses to compete with an Ole Miss team that is focused and fired up and, and ready to play. You can get beat in a game like this if you're not. If you, if you think you're just going to roll them over and, and you don't play hard and you're not focused and you make mistakes and all that, sure, they can, I guess. But if Ole Miss shows up ready to play and they play to their capability, this will be a game that Ole Miss wins and wins comfortably. So that's the key. Play focused, uh, jump on them early, because I've watched this Liberty team play a couple of times. Malik Willis is very talented, very talented. Also turnover prone, but very talented. The offensive line in front of him are the worst offensive line that Ole Miss has seen this year at the FBS level. They played Austin P. So forget Austin P. These guys could not protect Willis from Syracuse. He is consistently under pressure. Ole Miss just so happens to be the team that's second in the SEC in sacks. If they are focused offensively, Willis is going to be on the run all day. If they're focused, Jerry and Ely is going to get 15 touches. Snoop Connor is going to get 15 touches. Parrish is going to get 15 touches. And you should be able to run all over them and make this a game that is really comfortable uh, for you. I, I would expect a very run-heavy game plan that also includes protecting Matt Corral uh, whether it be just quick passes, a short passing game, or you know, if you if he has to run, tell him to slide super early, throw the football away, just protect yourself, keep playing because there's going to be NFL scouts over twenty of them uh, in attendance for this game to watch he versus Willis. So you want him to play. You still think he's got a chance at getting invited to New York? I think that winning the Heisman is kind of out of question now, but getting to New York City is still possible. So he's going to play. They're probably going to protect him a little bit uh, with their game planning and their scheme, run the football a lot. If Ole Miss shows up focused, if they show up prepared, they're going to win this football game. They are. Uh, what they cannot do, though, is let Malik Willis run wild. Like I said, he's talented. I mean, he's talented. He'll probably be a first-round pick. Uh, anybody picking him o- over Corral, I, th- I think, is okay, but please let that be the Atlanta Falcons. I- I'd love for it to be them. Um but, you know, that's Saints fandom coming out of me. Either way, uh, they cannot let Malik Willis run wild because the only way that this game gets uncomfortable, I think, is if they let him move the football with his feet. I expect Sam Williams and that defensive front uh, to really have a field day in pass rush. I expect them to get after Willis and make it uncomfortable uncomfortable for him the entire game. Uh I've again, I've watched this Liberty team. Their offensive line cannot block Ole Miss's defensive line if they're focused and, and locked in. Definitely, no, but they can double Sam Williams and he'll still beat those doubles. I, I mean, he he is on another level right now, and Liberty cannot block him. What you cannot do, though, is give him space to run. Like Williams says, I expect Chance Campbell to spy. I definitely expect him to spy. Um, it'll be a big game for him, especially for his NFL prospects as well. I mean, those scouts are there to watch the quarterbacks, but not not just the quarterbacks. And if he's able to make plays in space like he's done earlier this year against a guy that's as athletic as Willis, he might get some attention of some NFL scouts uh, that are there as well. But yeah, I expect him to spy, and they're going to have a spy on Willis basically all game. But I think that's the only way, the only way for this game to be made uncomfortable is if you let Willis have space and let him run the football. He's it. He's all they've got in terms of, 
chances to beat you. He's a good quarterback, and good quarterbacks can elevate teams uh, that, that are lacking in personnel otherwise. We, we've seen it with our own eyes with people in this state. But in this case, I think the only way that's going to get done is if he is able to run. Because I think Ole Miss's pass rush will be able to make him uncomfortable early, and when he's uncomfortable, he makes mistakes. We've seen that uh, as well. So that's it, really, is just make sure Malik Willis cannot uh, run the football. Um, and that'll be it. All right, four picks for you. Four picks for you. Ohio State might, and I'm I'm running really late today. And again, sorry about that. I was up late watching the Pelicans lose, and that sucked. And uh, we got a late start this morning, so uh, I'll just run through these quickly. Ohio State uh, will put the nail in the Scott Frost coffin at Nebraska. Ohio State minus fifteen will lose in Lincoln. I am taking Ole Miss minus the nine and a half in this game. I think they will win and win comfortably. Tennessee and Kentucky is even money right now. Give me the Vols on the road. Josh Heupel's getting that signature win. They had the week off. Hendon Hooker is going to be healthy. Kentucky cannot score. Tennessee can score. And uh, Oregon minus seven. Oregon minus seven. I I think that uh, Mario Cristobal has his boys focused. And the comments from Jimmy Lake this week about Oregon – uh, they're they not recruiting the same players that Oregon does because they are a more prestigious academic institution. I'm not a big believer in locker room material, but if Mario Cristobal is able to run this score up, I think he's going to. I think he's going to. Jimmy Lake kind of stepped in it. So there are your four picks. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Michael Borky on YouTube. Like the video. Um, ring the notification bell. So if I am late, you uh, you won't miss when that happens or when I do go live. And uh, I'll be back with you Saturday night. So uh, not doing one tomorrow. Saturday night. Saturday night, uh, somewhere around 9, 9.30, just depending on how the night games are going. I know Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State will be done. Uh, so I probably will start it before 10.45 like I did two weeks ago. 9, 9.30, somewhere around there. If you have the notifications on or if you follow me on Twitter, I will let you know. Uh, when I'm going live Saturday night for your uh, your post game reaction, so y'all have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for uh, for tuning in and uh, and being a part. I appreciate you guys. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you on Saturday night. Talk Mississippi Media Production.